And we're live. How's it going, guys? It's me, Brendan Matula. Matula. That's on a six. And today, guys, it's Tuesday. Pop culture. You know the drill. Let's freaking get into it. Very pumped because nine times out of ten, I'm usually the one spitting film while uh, Brendan kind of chimes in. And today, we have a film that we both saw together. You know, if you heard our Thursday podcast... You knew that we were actually together in one room, which is pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw we saw a movie together, and it was it was incredible. But uh, you know, we won't we won't spoil spoil the show for you guys. So I'm done rambling as far as the intro goes. Uh, we're just gonna get right on into it. And as always, before we do anything, we just want to say thank you. Thank you guys so much. Uh... Y'all just are incredible, and y'all motivate us so much. And, uh, I mean, it's not easy to do this podcast. We were just having technical difficulties, and you're just getting through it. But in our minds, all at the same time, we're just thinking about y'all and just getting this content mm-hmm. out that y'all love. And uh, if I don't say so my, myself, this week is going to be a real treat. We got two yep. movie reviews, and we got NBA coming up on Thursday. So stay mm-hmm. tuned. Yeah, a lot of big things coming up. Uh, you guys do not want to miss it, and we want to make sure that we are the first source you guys go to for important news regarding NBA, regarding movies, regarding college football, regarding music. Uh, whatever is hot in the world, we will be covering, and that is a promise. And we just hit uh, 50 active listeners uh, as of today, so thank you to all 50 of you guys who actively listen to our podcast, whatever it may be. Uh, whatever, you know, it's Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, SoundCloud. Um, thank you so much. That's crazy. I never thought 50 people, you know, would consistently want to listen to myself uh, as well as Brandon. I mean, Brandon's an interesting guy, but myself, is, uh, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> You're pretty so. interesting to you, Tommy. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. We love that's, you. That's pretty interesting of you, uh, you to say. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so thank you so much, guys. That's like freaking crazy. That's like I fifty such a small number, but it really is not such a small number because you know the average, you know, classroom, you know, at a decent sized college is about fifty people at least where I go. So it's like that's a lot of people you're talking to, you know. So pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so pop culture, movies. October's the movie month. We've been spitting that all year since we started the podcast a lot of great ones we had the green knight which was like really awesome uh we had candy man we had tammy faye we had the guilty you know we had some good films we had some good films this year um those are just a few of the movies that we've talked about on the podcast and today we have arguably the biggest one next to shang chi and uh that is no time to die no Time Ooh. to Die, the new James Bond film, 007, baby. Um, the last one that Daniel Craig will be in. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty great. Pretty I mean, what Daniel Craig as Bond had some awesome movies. Um, which, one, which one would you say is your favorite? You said it was Spectre, wasn't it, Brandon? Yeah, uh, I love... Kinda, it kind of explains like the what's going on behind the curtain as far as like what Daniel, Daniel Craig's James Bond has to deal with. 
his story mm-hmm. and everything and how where he originated from and his enemies that he made w- without realizing it. And it was his uh, adoptive brother that was one of his enemies in this movie. And it was interesting to see that he was behind it all, all his suffering through the first two movies, Skyfall and Casino Royale. So it's definitely see it was yep. pan out. And mm-hmm. I truly love that movie, but I really love this one too. And I'm excited to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale, uh, the first two great films, fun films. I, I think you know, I only saw, I've only seen Casino Royale between the two, but yeah, that's I love that's why I love your branding because it's a very unpopular opinion, at least among you know the film bros, because Spectre is regarded as one of the worst, uh, with Quantum of Solace. But I, you know, I think you're right after watching No Time to Die, Spectre is not the best. I mean, if, if you think it's the best, I think it's very valid. For me, it's still not the best, but I can appreciate it a lot more for what it was trying to do, and I, and I'm glad that it is your favorite because you make a very good point. Um, but no time to die, no time to die. Uh, huge movie, killing the box office. Um, a lot of people are going to see this film. Are they going to enjoy it, Brandon? Run me through the film for you. Run me through your thoughts. Um. I loved it. Um, not to try to spoil anything for people mm-hmm. who haven't seen it, but it's just a great finish to mm-hmm. the Bond series. Uh, it was incredible. You felt the emotion of really like every shot. And I mean, every shot, like gunshot, you know, like mm-hmm. they're really good at making you feel like you're bond or whoever's avoiding the bullets and shooting mm-hmm. the bullets. You know, you feel, you feel like you're there and you just feel it. And I think the theater is the perfect place to see this kind of movie. And it was incredible on that big IMAX screen, or I, don't, I wouldn't call it IMAX, but, uh, you know, the silver screen. You know, yeah, it's just bigger than your TV at home. Yeah, and the speakers. The speakers are a lot bigger. That's a great point. You know, a lot of people are saying that too. Like, it, it was the great, it was a good finish to the Bond franchise. And I agree, man, that, that was an emotional ending. You know, Brent, mm-hmm. Brandon shed a few tears, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I was touched, man. It was it was crazy. It was a crazy ending. And that's a good point, too. You really felt whether it was James Bond or the villain, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whichever villain, you really felt their point of view and that, mm-hmm. during the fights, especially, too. And I like that a lot. And then politically, um, it doesn't try to make too many statements. It, there's one that it tries to make, and this is not a spoiler because it's been up since 2019, since the movie was supposed to come out, or 2020, early 2020. But uh, you know, for a little bit, James Bond, or not James Bond, but 007, is a black woman, and so not only is James Bond black, but James Bond is a woman, and that never felt forced, which I really appreciated. They were never like, oh, James Bond is going to be a black woman because the world needs it. And so here it is. Take it. You're and you're gonna have yep. to like it. Never felt that way. They were mm. just like, "Hey, he's uh, they're they're meeting up, and I won't tell you how, obviously, because that is a spoiler. But they're meeting up and they're they're talking, and he's like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "I'm 007, but it's just a number." Yeah. And like, boom, that was all that was ever discussed regarding the next 007. It's literally just a number. And I was like, "Wow, that was really smooth. Did not feel forced." And it feel great. And whichever side you fall on, right? Because we, we have promised and we're going to keep that promise to the day we die that we will never get political on the show. And it's true. We're not. 
whichever side you fall on, you know, left, right, middle, up, down, east, west, whatever. Uh, nothing felt forced. No one likes being forced things in movies. Whatever side you're on, no one likes uh, having things shoved down your throat in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's unnatural. And as, you know, a filmmaker and a film student, like, you know, I've seen it plenty of times. But this film, it was so natural. And I loved that. I really did. I was like, okay, you know, this is, it's just like, hey, this is me. It's just a number. Let's just rock and roll. And it was awesome. And it felt so good. It felt, it felt normal. It felt natural. And I loved it. It was great. A great film. Um, yeah, that's a good point, though, Brandon. Uh, that it was a great ending to the James Bond franchise. Let me, and it was. Let me ask you something as somebody who wasn't priorly invested in the Bond mm-hmm. series. What was your favorite part in the movie? Like, without spoiling anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm not a huge James Bond guy, but man, I did enjoy the heck out of this thing. And I gave it a three and a half stars out of five, which is really good. I mean, yep. that's, that's a good film. But um, my favorite part of the film, you know, it's there's a character in the film and you will definitely know who I'm talking about because it's very obvious, who owns a garden. And when they were introducing a fight scene in that garden, it was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That cinematography was just off the chain. It was incredible. It was incredible. I think so, it was a beautiful shot as well. I think yeah. it was really cool. Like, the in- like, they introduced the garden maybe half an hour prior. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful, but then they have a fight in the garden. It's they're they're they really used it to its best potential. Oh man, it's crazy, man! It was so good. It was awesome. I, and it's it's interesting because it's a, it's a borderline a three hour movie. But right. out of all the movies I've seen this year, even my favorite, my two favorite films right now, which are uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye and Candyman, I would probably watch No Time to Die first out of any film I've seen in twenty twenty one, just because I want to rewatch it and dive into it again because you, there was so much going on and that's how James Bond films go. There was so much going on. Um, it was kind of hard to keep up with and I got a little confusing, but like no, knowing what I know now going back, I bet you I'd freaking like it even more. It was like, Oh yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, um, it's kind of like those Avengers movies, like Endgame, like that's in infinity war. You miss things the first time mm-hmm. you see it and you pay. And the thing about these action films, and this is something I've realized as I've gotten older is when you watch a movie for the first time, usually whether you're, you're a kid, more so when you're a kid, but even as an adult, you focus on the action and what's happening more. And you don't listen as much. But when you see a movie twice, you know, you know, you know what's, you, I mean, you know the action, you know what's going to happen, but yeah. you listen more keenly to the dialogue. And you understand it a lot better. So I definitely recommend doing that because I've done that with all my favorite movies. And I plan on doing it with this mm. again just to get yeah. a better feel of what's going on. Because I would say the pacing is pretty quick, you know? Yeah, for a three-hour film, it was way it, – it didn't have as many slow parts as I thought it would be, which was awesome. Mm. Because it, a three-hour film, it, that's supposed to be a slow film. The James Bond film was supposed to be slow. And at times it was, you know, it was a very slow film at times, but man, for the majority of it, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty much rocking, rocking and rolling. Um, and it was awesome. 
It was awesome. It was a great film. One of the probably the second best ending I've seen this year. I think Candyman's ending beats it. You know, one fold, one one or two fold, but dude, that ending, man. I I'll mm-hmm. never I won't shut up about it. It was so good. It was so mm-hmm. good. Um yeah, no time to die. Good film. Very, very good film. Go check it out. Whether you know a lot about James Bond or a little, I would definitely highly suggest watching at least a few films before at least Casino Royale, Spectre, and Skyfall. I guess you can skip Quantum of Solace, but at least watch those three before mm-hmm. the before No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't, you know, because you know my girlfriend never did, and I I've only seen a few of them myself. You'll still enjoy the film. It's very well shot, very well acted, very well you know written. So, yeah. no time to die. That's our review. Good film. Good so, film. what was your rating again? Three point five out of five. Yeah, I give I give it a three and a half stars out of five. Nice, 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 good little film. I would I would give it a, I would give it a four out of five, and this this is why I'm giving it a little bump. I think it's because they really executed well. Uh, concluding the series mm-hmm. it tied a bow on it and like the movie ended and that was it and like yeah. the audience what i feel that the audience like a james bond fan will leave the theater uh content with what just happened on screen mm-hmm. wrapping a bow on the series and i think they did it in the most perfect way the most beautiful way too because i think this was probably the best shot film that they had done yeah yeah, they've they've only gotten better and better um, with the James Bond film, James Bond's films, as far as uh, cinematography goes. So, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, yeah, go see the film, guys. Let us know what you think. DM us, please, and let us know what you think. Now, we've got a film of a very underrated, not underrated, but very way smaller than No Time to Die, drastically smaller, but huge if you're an A24 fan like myself. Now, Brandon. Are you familiar with A24? I am not. You're not. Okay. Are you, so I'm going to spit out a couple of their movies just to get you familiar with them. Uh Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. you know, Midsummer, okay. Hereditary, um Moonlight. Have you ever seen Moonlight? Okay. I think they're big. The Lighthouse, one of my favorites. Good Time, another one of my favorites. Um let me think. I wonder if there's a few bigger films. Those are probably their biggest. But uh, they're, it's a pretty interesting company. Very eerie films, but also fun. Films that are just real. They just keep it real. And they have a lot to say. And they just released a film called Lamb. L-A-M-B. Okay. Um, and Lamb is you know it's based in iceland they do not speak english in the film there are subtitles and this is the this is the plot it's about a mother and a father they're they're farmers well not mother and father yet but a a wife and a husband they're farmers and they they have a lot of land a lot of sheep you know goats maybe a few pigs few cows here um and they're pulling out little baby lambs and out comes this lamb with a child's body, but with a lamb arm and a lamb head. 
And so it's like a human, but with a lamb head. And it's like, what? Um, really weird. And A24, they do this weird, they, they do these weird films, man. And I love it. Um, and so this couple's like, okay, well, we got to take care of this lamb now. I mean, it's like a human. It's not just any other lamb. Hmm. Um, and so the movie kind of shows them falling in love with their child, but it's not their child. And the ending's pretty crazy, too. And it's got a lot to say. Um, it's got a lot to say without saying a whole lot. There's not a lot of dialogue in the movie. The shots are gorgeous. You know, they're in Iceland. Beautiful, beautiful place. Very foggy and dark. But the colors that are bright are very bright. Lots of, you know, dark greens and grays, you know, and uh, navies, kind of, you know, warm, darker colors. And the film is incredible. Probably my third favorite of the year. Wow. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, I I love the script is great because they it's this family, it's this mom and this dad. And they I'm assuming they've struggled with pregnancy before because you know they're they're an older cut like couple. They're probably early thirties, you know. So they're not like brand new, but they've had they've definitely probably been trying for a baby, as couples usually do when they're married. Right. Um, especially by 30 years old, you know, most couples don't wait past 30. They at least have one child by 30. Um, but yeah, he's, this is their child, but it's a lamb. And so his, his brother, there's only three characters in the movie. His brother, uh, the husband's brother comes down. He's like, what the F is this? Like what, this is not normal. You guys cannot be doing this. Not stop treating this lamb. Like it's your child, even though it's like a human and it walks on two legs. Mm hmm. Um, but he begins to fall in love with it. And the lamb just, just gives them this hope, this sense of hope for all three of the characters. Mm. Um, and the ending's crazy to really weird, like a 24 is. And it, and the metaphor, as always with a 24, there's metaphors and the metaphor is an eye for an eye, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated and, uh, enjoy life, enjoy life the way it's meant to be lived. Don't try and force, uh, something that's not there, but yeah, I saw a lamb. I think you should see it if you're into really weird A24 films. This is definitely the most A24, A24 movie I've ever seen in my life. Interesting. Um, it's almost like an allegory. It's just like, it's like a simple story, like we odd, maybe odd story, mm-hmm. but it's meant to uh, deliver an even bigger message. Exactly. You couldn't have said it any better. And that's, that's what most A24 films want to do. Uh, like the bigger names being Midsummer and Hereditary and Uncut Gems are probably their biggest three films. I, I'm trying to think. It's got to be their biggest three. Um, the Green Knight, too, is pretty big. That's also A24. But yeah, it's uh, the story is weird, but it had, it's, it's trying to tell you something. And Lamb, is the, that is exactly what it's trying to do. I had a great time with it. I thought it was really fun. The pacing was incredible. Uh, it was an hour and 40 minutes pacing was off the chain and there's three chapters and the third chapter it's it's the first two chapters chapters are absolutely flawless i was getting ready to give this film an a plus and put it in my top three maybe even second or first favorite film of the year but then you get to that third chapter and it's there's some parts that just aren't clicking and it feels a little rushed um so unfortunately i did give it a four and a half out of five stars which is still freaking amazing um, but yeah, go see Lamb if you like those weird films. 
that are just not really normal. But they're trying to say something normal. So go check it out. Love Lamb. Um, guys, it's it's going to be short in pop culture as far as that goes. Two little quick movie reviews for you. Uh, but fun nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, well, I wanted to add something in just if uh-huh. we can. Yes, uh, want to just let's just talk about like some music that we've been listening to because we're kind of in a dry spill right now with uh, as far as music, music coming out and everything. So, uh, like, we should just go through and just give our some th- songs we bump into lately. <laughs> yeah, I'm down to do that. Bet, bet. I'm not, well, we definitely the... got a lot of time, so go ahead. Yeah, um, I've definitely been listening to a lot of Donda. Um, yeah. I've been kind of frustrated with Apple Music lately because it's, uh, it's been kind of glitchy a little bit lately. Yeah. So, it's yeah. been kind of getting nerves. And then... I've been listening to a lot of Big Sean from uh, from his latest album that came out li- around this time last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really didn't uh, pay too much attention to it at the time, but it was it's a pretty good album, and I think it, that it deserved. Especially, I've been listening to the song uh, "Wolves" featuring Post Malone. Yeah, wolves. I was raised by the wolves, like it's. Way by the wolf. <laughs> And it's been pretty fun, and I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, now I'm kind of in my fall mode right now, so it's just a lot mm-hmm. of uh, slow beats and everything. Like Mr. Right Now uh, with 21 Savage featuring Drake. That's just a fall song. I don't yeah. I don't know how else to put it. It's just a very fally song. I, don't, I couldn't, can't put my finger on it. Tommy can probably describe <laughs> it better. Um, and then other than that, um, let me see. In my other playlist, uh, oh, I've been listening to Voices by Sky. That's some um, I'm, I'm really kind of indulging myself in music that I le- listened to last year around this time because I haven't yeah. really had time to make a new playlist and everything. But mm-hmm. and I also listened to listen Don Life with uh, featuring Lil, Lil Wayne by Big Sean in the same album. Yes, uh, that's some, a great song, mm-hmm. and some Kanye here and there, Don Tolliver. Because of yeah. the episode that we talked about, I've been listening to a lot of Don Tolliver lately because I'm kind of ready for those winter vibes to come. I know we're in fall right now. And we got to be good, grateful for what we got in the moment. But I've been very content with uh, just the chilly slash folly vibe songs right now. And uh, it's been great. And I'm excited to see what um, new music that comes out soon because uh, – there should be a lot coming out because fall is definitely a prime time to drop music. Yeah. Yeah. Get those albums in before the Grammys. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, namely H3H3. I love H3H3. I love their stuff, love their podcasts. Um, but I have been listening to a lot of music as well. Now, we did say we were going to review Don Tolliver's album tonight. We're going to do that Thursday uh, because I want to save so- something for the pop culture segment on Thursday. Um, especially since we'll be together Thursday. Surprise, you know, we'll be together again for another uh show. Yes, on sir. Thursday. So that's gonna be exciting. Um, and we also got a special treat for you guys that we'll post around that time and uh get you guys more involved. But yeah, as far as you know, my listening goes, fall vibes is Kanye West. He drop he usually drops in the fall. Um, Donda was the end of August, I believe. Um, so not too far from fall, not too close, kind of right in the middle. Um, 
but like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy graduation 808s and heartbreaks uh late registration and um jesus is king is kind of what i've I've been rocking and bits and pieces from all of those uh albums so like um hands on which was my favorite track from jesus and jesus is king as well as water everything is water such a great track Mm. um but the biggest song is so appalled off of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy um everyone just has a crazy bar on that track every person on that that freaking who's in that song it is Jay-Z, Kanye West, Pusha T, and someone else too. Is it Conway the Machine? Someone else is on that on that track. And man, they give their four best verses um, ever. And then I've also been listening to Blame Game off of My Beautiful Art Twisted Fantasy. Uh, very vol. Very fall. You got the piano on there. Let's start the blame. The Aphex Twin sample. Um, super fall vibes, man. Super fall vibes with the piano and just very chill, very, very, very chill and relaxed. Um, and Brockhampton's Ginger came out two years ago, and that's what I was rocking two years ago. Two years ago, around this time, uh, the song Ginger, which has got to be my favorite off the album. Uh, no Halo, Brandon loves that one. Great track. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor Roberts, Love Me for Life. To listen to those, Saint Percy, getting those fall vibes. And I got my skateboard. I've been in the skateboarding these past two years. Um, I've always wanted to do it. And I decided in 2019, I'm going to do it. And I started doing it this time in 2019. So I've been rocking my skateboard playlist because I got my skateboard in October of 2019. So uh, October and November are just my skateboard playlist vibes. And that consists of a lot of like MF Doom, uh, of course, Kanye, uh, Tame Impala, um, some slower, vibier tracks like Hey Kids and Electric Phil MGMT. So that's what I've been rocking lately, just the fall vibes, the past fall songs that have reminded me of fall because there's not much right now that is new that I've been listening to. But listening to the new Claro, I love Claro. And Race My Mind by Drake is the is like one of three good songs on CLB. So I've been listening to that as well. But besides, yeah, Donda as well. Uh, so fun fact, every time I come home, from downtown Houston, which is very often, I I put on Donda. Wow. Um, so I put on my mix of Donda, which is those 12 tracks, about an hour. And, oh, man, Donda. Great. I wish it was – I feel like he kind of did that too where he made that album so you can make your own mix. Like pick your favorites and make your own mix, and that's your Donda. And mm-hmm. I just love my version of Donda. Like, I think it's just so perfect. And my version may be similar or different than Brandon's. And ours may be different from yours. But let us know what your version of Donda is. You know, if you could pick 12, 13 tracks or maybe even less, what uh, your version of Donda would be. Um, but, yeah, I bump that all the time. So, yeah. yeah. You know, um, and as always, Tyler Creator is my favorite artist of all time. So. Uh, there's always there's always going to be title of the creator here and there so <laughs> always year that's a year round thing but yeah great thank you for asking that brandon yeah we had a lot of time uh left after those two movie reviews so uh, what i was going to get what i was going to get into uh before we did this was what movies we have coming up so this duel directed by ridley scott who you know who did the martian and alien and a bunch of other incredible gladiator you know a lot of big films so we have the last duel as well as halloween kills the reviews for both of those will definitely be up. I want to say by Tuesday, um, Halloween kills might be a little bit later just because it is the smaller film. 
um, in my eyes compared, I mean, not box office wise, but how good it's going to be, you know, making a prediction here. Uh, the last duel is going to be probably light years better. Um, but yeah, the last duel, Adam driver, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, going to be awesome. Uh, so that review will be out by next Tuesday. And then also the Tuesday after that, I got early screening passes to go see Dune. Warner brothers sent me passes. Um, and I got them. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching Dune early. I'm going to have an early review out for you guys, which I, I'm so pumped for. I think it's going to be great for the channel. And then the Tuesday, the Monday after that Tuesday, I've got the French dispatch, Wes Anderson film, uh, which you guys know is Wes Anderson did uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Those are his two biggest films. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the French Dispatch with my boy Timmy, Timmy, Timothy Chalamet. That's my boy. So that review will be coming early for you guys as well. So that I will be watching that on Monday, the 25th. Um, so I'll actually have that review out for you guys first thing Tuesday because we record Monday nights. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know that. Um, but yeah, super pumped for Dune, man. I've been saying it. I've been saying it since day one that I knew that Denis Villeneuve is directing the film, that it has the potential to be the next Star Wars of our generation because David Lynch, who directed Dune in the 80s, 1980s, he that was supposed to be Star Wars, but it was a little late to the party and it was not a very good film. You know, but you know, Denis Villeneuve has proven himself to be a more than successful sci-fi actor with Blade Runner. Uh, sorry, sci-fi director with Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, as well as sci-fi elements ish, sorta with Prisoners, the film Prisoners. Denis Villeneuve also did Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. You guys may know that one. And Sicario, another great film. I'm a huge Denis Villeneuve guy. Huge fan. Mm-hmm. Huge fan. Uh, so I'm super pumped for Dune. I think it's going to kick off. Which, which with what I hope if the film is good a franchise which is and I'm hearing you know from the people who got an early screening before I did um, I'm hearing that's, that's kind of what this film is setting up for a franchise but I hope it's a very successful setup um, but yeah Dune guys I'm telling you man been saying it since day one it's the new Star Wars it's gonna, it's, it has the potential to be our, the next Star Wars and Brandon and I were watching the trailer and it said that it was really funny it was like the next Star Wars and Lord of the Rings so that was really funny hey man i called it i said i called it i called it but um yeah awesome awesome month for film and thursday i mean sorry thursday for some reason i associate november with thursday because like november is the last month before december which is like a friday because it's like the end of the year the end of the week and everyone's happy in december so i always call november thursday because it's like the day before friday by the way i love thursdays thursdays are my favorite days of the week i don't know i feel like the vibes are just always there on thursday but uh that's a little fun fact. No- November, though, not Thursday, but November is just as packed, though. You got Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson film, which is going to be absolutely incredible. I'm so excited for that, and that's got to be my most anticipated, um, ne- my next most anticipated. Um, can't forget, you know, last night in Soho at the end of October, but uh, um, we got Licorice Pizza, Eternals, and Spencer, as well as King Richard, all in November. And I'm sure there's a film I'm missing somewhere in there as well. But uh, yeah super super pumped for uh those so guys we got a lot of big stuff coming out in film and it's just gonna be crazy it's gonna be crazy and i mean you can hear me just kind of spitting back and forth left and right like i'm not very i'm focused on one topic but i'm all over the place because like it just rattles my brain how crazy 2021 can be for film 2019 was a great year 1917 once upon a time in hollywood jojo rabbit little women parasite joker uh, Avengers Endgame, 
Um, the Lighthouse, like 2019 was a crazy year for film. 2021, though. It's looking up. It's looking up, man. It's looking up. But, hey, um, that's my time, you guys. Going to hand it over to Brandon. It's going to be a shorter episode today, which we've had a lot of talk. to. We've said, you know, we've had a lot to talk about, but we, we're just getting a good flow down. So that's oh, why yeah. it's shorter, you know, less stuttering, less ums, you know. So, but, yeah, thank you so much for listening to my pop culture segment. I appreciate you guys. And it's just going to get crazier and crazier from here. Life of a Dawn review is going to be on Thursday. That way we have something to talk about with you guys, my pop culture people on Thursday, uh, as well as I'm, you're probably going to be hearing me a lot on Thursday as well because, you know, Brennan and I, that's the NBA is like what really molded our friendship, you know, because mm-hmm. we're both huge in the NBA. You know, we love music in the NBA. So, you know, I probably hear my input a lot on Thursday. But, yeah, I will see you guys Thursday with some more pop culture um, as well as my NBA thoughts. But let's kick it to the man with the plan. <laughs> Brandon, what do we got going on, man? So I'm just going to go through four quick games. And, of course, as always, Tommy, great job with pop culture. You're always killing it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're just going to go through four big college football games that really shifted the top ten. We weren't <laughs> expecting that much shifting this weekend. but And we'll get a little preview of uh, what's to come on Thursday. So be listening mm. for that. So the first game I'm going to talk about was a game that I got to watch with my girlfriend Elizabeth, was, and it was OU and Texas. Ooh. This game was crazy. So Texas, like as y'all can watch the highlights on your own, but I'll just give y'all a quick description. Texas went up in the first half. They came out firing. Went up 14-0. And then uh, OU's quarterback, Spencer Rattler, we've talked about him on this show. We said that he was going to be a big player this year. He hasn't really looked like that this year. He hasn't looked that great. And he gets pulled, similar to last year, Mm -hmm. in the middle of the game. And then the backup comes in this time, and the backup goes off. He throws 16 of 25 for 212 yards, two incredible touchdowns. Like, he was at the 50-yard line. It was, like, fourth and long. And he chucked it towards the end zone, and they just the guy somehow got it. It was incredible. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. And I'm not (laughs) even an OU fan in this one's game. So, if you you didn't watch these highlights, you need to. This was an incredible game. So, uh, the game ended up being 55-48 in favor of Oklahoma. They got a clutch rushing touchdown at the end of the game. Seal things off. And then... So, just from here, OU, big statement win. They went over, I think, one of their first top 25. Yeah, their first top 25 win. They win by seven. It was a close one, but it's a rivalry game. They still have a lot of questions to answer. So, uh, as far as their quarterback and everything, it's going to be fun to watch. And then Texas, they put up a good fight. Uh, they really should have finished this out and just um, done well. The team played – it was kind of – the coach's fault with timing and everything of uh, because if they like took certain risks or things like that, they could have won this game. And uh, yeah, that's my thoughts of that game. And then we're going to zoom to another big game. And that was between Arkansas and Ole Miss. This game was down to the last second. It was uh, back and forth the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like, they make a field goal, the other team makes a field goal. This was a great duel of great 
SEC quarterbacks between KJ Jefferson and Matt Corral. Matt Corral passed for 287 yards and two Ooh. touchdowns. KJ Jefferson, 326 yards, two touch- three touchdowns. So this was fun. This was a fun game to watch. I would watch this one too. Sadly, though, this game was going on at the same time as the Texas OU game. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of impossible to watch both at once. But <laughs> uh, I, I got bits and pieces of it. It was a fun game to watch. Uh, KJ Jefferson, the quarterback for Arkansas, he's actually from the old Miss area, like where the campus is. So his family came into the game. It was pretty cool. And he played great. And yeah, and the game ended with a clutch touchdown for Arkansas. And Arkansas decided to go for two instead of tying it up with a field goal to send it to overtime, and they couldn't get it. Shoot. Yeah, so that was the final score there. Ole Miss from here, I think they're ranked 12 now, so they kind of uh, flash forward. So good for them. Um, They have to keep it consistent and just keep on playing well uh, if they want a chance because Alabama, we'll get to this later, Alabama had a big loss this weekend. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, that was insane. But um, good good win for Ole Miss, good bounce back game. And then for Arkansas, not much you could do here. This game, we knew this game was going to be close. So they might as well just finish out the year strong and try to get a good bowl game and uh, recuperate for next year because they can definitely be a threat next year. Uh, the next game is between Penn State and Iowa. This was between three and four. And uh, Penn State really took control of this game early. They looked really good. But right before the half, Sean Clifford, the quarterback for Penn State, went down with an injury. Hurt his elbow, so he couldn't throw for the rest of the game. So they were up, I believe, they were up 17 to, no, they were up 20 to 10 at the third quarter. Wow. And then Sean Clifford being out really hurt this Penn State team. So Iowa just kept on responding. They kicked two field goals, and then they had a clutch 44-yard pass to score a touchdown, and they ended up winning the game 23 to 20. And one thing I got to say for Iowa is their offense is not impressive at all. It truly isn't. But their defense, oh, my goodness, their defense. Their defense stopped this Penn State deep offense three times at the end of the game. Ooh. Three times at the end of the game on uh, turnover on downs. So they, they're just an incredible defense. And, yeah, as I said, their offense isn't special, but their defense can help them hang with teams and that's you got to give this win to the defense they were incredible but uh from here iowa they just got to keep winning they got an easier schedule down the road so that's good for them they got all the tough tough uh tough games out so far as for penn state they got a rough road ahead there's tougher opponents in their division in the big 10 so they got a lot of look to a lot to look to so that's it for their last but not least, oh, Alabama and a <laughs> I was watching this game little by little. I would watch it every now and then. I saw a go up, and I posted something. Tommy, you may not like this. I know your family's uh, Aggie family. And this is what I posted. The score was 10-24 ten to 24 at the time in the second quarter. And this is what I put, because I knew Alabama was going to put up a fight to get this game close. And this is what yeah. I said. If they win, as in a if they win, you'll hear it for the rest of the year. If they lose, you won't stop hearing about how close they were for the rest of the year. Yeah. Therefore, that you weren't going to hear the end of this game. Exactly. And 
Uh, I have my opinions about Aggie fans, but I got to celebrate with them. That's a huge win defeat to defeat Alabama, who went on a 19-game win streak. Uh, that was ended at Aggie Field, so uh, or Kyle Field. So great for them. They won by a field goal. Uh, from here, man, AM, you just not much to do because you've already lost two conference games. So there's it'll yeah. be really, really hard to get to SEC championship or even get to the top 10. So th- from here, they could just try to get a New Year's Six bid, but uh, I don't know. I don't like their chances finishing their schedule strong. I know they just beat the number one team, but that also had a lot to do that A&M. So yeah. uh, give or take there. But I will also uh, – but move, moving on to Alabama. Alabama didn't fall too far. They're at number five right now. So they can definitely climb back up. They got some games. In their schedule that can really uh, get them back on the map. So they got LSU, Tennessee, you know, but Auburn. And those are going to be tough games. Uh, Rank 17. So that'll be a tough game. They'll probably be ranked at the time. And then Auburn, I think Auburn will sneak back into the polls uh, as they are unranked right now because they lost to Georgia. That was one of the games that we predicted this weekend. And uh, yeah, just a great weekend for college football. I know that was a lot, so thank you guys for listening. Um, But uh, be expecting big stuff, though, for the NBA coming up this week. Uh, It's our NBA special. We've done college football special. We've done our NBA special. I mean, uh, NFL special. And now we're doing NBA. And it's going to be exciting. We've been hyping it up for weeks, and it's finally here. Uh, So I'm going to be putting up some polls on our Instagram page. So be looking for those, and we'll discuss those numbers, Tommy and I, kind of like we did for the uh, season two opener for uh, our podcast. So we'll be yeah. doing that, and then we'll be t- uh, do being doing big talking points, uh, standing predictions. That's going to be fun. I know we've done that before, but things have changed. The landscape of the NBA has changed, and yeah, and much, much more. And it's going to be a great episode because we're going to have album review at the end of it, so yeah. Stay tuned for that. I'm very excited to get to Thursday's episode because it's going to be a blast. But uh, thank you guys for listening to my segment. Uh, I'm glad we kept things short today because I am predicting that uh, Thursday's episode is not going to be short. So, um, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it- we're going to be going back and forth a lot, I feel, on Thursday. I think we'll agree on a lot, but I think we'll go back and forth a lot, and that's exactly what a good podcast does is uh, create both of those talking points uh, as well as an album review. But, yeah, we, you know, we're not going to milk it out. If it's if it's a short episode, it's going to be a short episode, you know, because it's quality over quantity, and that's how it's always been. Um, but, yeah, Brandon Killen, as always, really fun to go over. Thank you for going over that because I always have work on Saturday, so I always miss the college football games, and I get home, and I'm too tired to look them up and this, that, and the <laughs> third. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you going through those. I mean, I am a human on this planet with social media, so I did hear about the A&M game. Uh, who didn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I love that you said it like that because it was literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like it, it was it was unavoidable, but – uh yeah, my family, huge AM fans. Um my my immediate family, not as big, you know, we're like moderate AM fans, you know. We'll we have we all have our own AM gear and AM shirts, but like, you know, if, if Tex you know, if Texas is playing a game 
Yeah, we'll root for you know we're moderate my no my family family though like the rest of my family cousins and uncles and all that stuff like huge my my cousin was actually at the game wow yeah and he said the, it was the like he's been to a lot of it because they he's they have season tickets to Kyle Field um and he says that there's there's been like he's been to so and he's been to a bunch of Rockets games like. This dude, this dude's been to a lot of games, and he said that that atmosphere, as far as like fan, and just the at, like, just the whole atmosphere, um, was the greatest he's ever been to in his life. You know, when he's like nineteen years old, I'm like, shoot, bro. Like he said, it's the greatest atmosphere he's ever been to in person, and I don't blame him, man. That was crazy. That was so crazy. So, shout out A and M. You know, we love A and M. Over here, but uh, we also love Alabama. You know, shout out Alabama. We just what we really love the most is just good college football. So, but anyways, thanks for going over uh, college football. Um, I'm ex- where we're gonna be. You know, I'm gonna be with Brandon this Thursday again. So we'll discuss that, and we'll have a we'll be able to watch the games live. So that's gonna be pretty yep. nice. We'll be able to watch them together. Um, okay. But yeah, man, super pumped, super pumped for this weekend. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really fun trip. All right, guys. Well, yeah, we're not going to milk it. We're just going to get straight to the point. I feel like we've done so. So a very successful episode once again that we're very proud of and excited to put out. Um, expect that uh, the last duel review next Tuesday, as far as next Tuesday goes, and we'll get more into that Thursday. But, yeah, that's that's going to be our big talking point is the last duel episode. And uh, anything else big that happens in film, uh, you know that we're going to cover what's hot this week. Without With that being said, my name is Thomas Hicks. And I'm Brandon Matula. Matula. We will see you Thursday. Bye. And we're off.